0: Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show, and we are the show that's freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. If you haven't done so, hey, check us out over on our TV show. We're doing some specials over there that people are raving about. Not just geopolitics, we're doing some ancient history and people go, wow, this is good. Timothy Alperino has been a guest, uh, Doug Thornton and I have interviewed a bunch of people over there on the history, we're not being told, so check that out. Also, too, ladies and gentlemen, uh, food processing plants around the world are cutting production because they can't afford the energy Uh, we've already had 110 food processing plants in this country be destroyed in the last two years Uh, that's going to come to our shores as well too Uh, so ladies and gentlemen may I suggest that if you don't have two years of storable food that you get your two years of storable food my Patriot Supply has specials right now I won't bore you with all the details you can read it for yourself go to preparewithdave.com for 25 years shelf life good quality So right now, preparewithdave.com and uh, if you have food, you better have water and we know that the electrical grid has been probed nine times and uh, been taken down in various areas, so you want water filtration, go to waterwithdave.com same criteria Uh, the research is listed there, they're number one, the Alexa Pro Water Filter and also too, there's a good special there as well, and then finally, if we're going to suffer, let's suffer in silence and thanks to Mike Lindell's people for sending this over to us, this for you guys, for our audience. You go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges and you're going to get a minimum of 50% savings on everything they sell. You'll have the catalog right in front of you when you go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges and uh, you're gonna get minimum 50% savings. In the case of things like the slippers, you're gonna get about 75% savings. It's a great deal, we're happy to be working with Mike Lindell on this, he's a great patriot. And uh, speaking of great, we have a great show for you today. We have uh, an old familiar guest back on, it's been too long, uh, John Disland is with us. And he has written a book. We'll be talking about aspects of that book. This book is voluminous, people. Trust me, you could work out with this book. Military, bench press, curls. Uh, this thing is huge. And, uh, but it's it's packed with information you need and it relates to survival on all levels of our being from spiritual psychological emotional and even physical uh and so we're going to have john talk about that but we're going to do kind of a uh, report card on america's spirituality day and before we go right to john in just a second i want to tell you when i start talking to people friends acquaintances i went out i went out to uh uh, lunch yesterday i drove down to denver so i'm up in colorado doing work and i drove down to denver and i went out to lunch with an old old friend from uh, high school and college and we started talking about the inevitable uh this topic these topics and he said how did things get so corrupt so evil and spiritually depraved and i get this question all the time now And So we're going to do a report card on America's spirituality and then kind of blend it back into John's expertise about what he's written about. John, welcome to the show. So let me ask you the question in reverse that I get asked. What has gone wrong? I mean, we are so morally bankrupt and corrupt, it's just beyond belief.
1: Yeah. And first of all, Dave, thanks so much for having me back on. I always enjoy sharpening iron with you and encouraging your listeners. And so hello to y'all who uh, have heard me before with Dave. Uh, it's, you know, and I think a lot of it depends on perspective, Dave, because we all have this one life to live and like for example you and i are are fairly comparable age wise so you know growing up in the 70s 80s our context is all relative to our 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 past in our lifetime uh and so when you look at kind of the, the the relative normalcy of what we experience in our in our growing up uh season Yes, it's shocking. Yes, it it's hard to wrap our minds around. But I'll tell you something that in a in a curious sort of way gives me comfort is we're not alone in in the sense that this sort of de evolution of civilization has happened before. And and unfortunately, sadly, it's happened many times yes. before. And so if you're a student of history if you understand, you know, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, for example, um, it, it, there's, there are traits of a decline of empire, a decline of a civilization. And we're actually, but with one huge exception, which I'll mention in a second, we're actually replaying the playbook of de-evolution of civilizations over thousands of years. Uh, and we could talk about the details of that, but that, that general, uh, denigration of character, denigration of family, denigration of uh, of morals and integrity and uh, ethics. Uh, it just has happened over and over. I think what's different this time, which makes it astoundingly different, actually, is when you overlay the technology, then the. The capacity for evil to, to magnify itself, to, to be even more evil and to accelerate itself. Uh, that, that's the part to me that's new and that's truly breathtaking.
0: Well, I, I gotta take the cough. Um, we're getting a lot of feedback on your end. Um, I don't know what, if you can move your microphone or something, but my voice is coming back. Oh, it just disappeared. Thank you very much. John. Okay. Uh, what do I think about this? I, I, I think we're more depraved than the Roman Empire. In, in the worst days of the Roman Empire, um, there were some perverts, but it wasn't widespread. And we're we're not seeing we're seeing now behavior towards children that's unprecedented. Uh, we abort the baby, for example. Oh, but the baby lives. But the Democrats vote to let it lie on a cold gurney and die. With no assistance, yeah. no comfort, no nothing. I mean, that's as morally depraved. That's more morally depraved than anything I can think of in history.
1: It's 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 breathtaking, isn't it, Dave? And 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 here's the thing: it's a question I've been asking myself recently, and I, I hope we have a chance to get to it. Is what's in what is our appropriate posture? in the context of this depravity all around us. And what, you know, because like you, my my context is as a believer, um, you know, what are we called to do to honor our Father, to be salt and light in the world? You know, w- what is an appropriate response to the world as it continues down this path that um that frankly scripture told us it would be going down absolutely no about the
0: scripture and what it says uh for me john and i can only answer for me and then i'll suggest what maybe it should be for society is god has commanded me to stand in the face of evil stand up to it call it out uh decry it yep. organize against it promote the substitute behavior, which is uh, the uh, biblical principles that we all try—well, you and I try to aspire to live by—and uh, and some days I do a better job than that than others. So that's my mission, and uh, biblically based confrontation is is what I would describe what both you and I are doing. Uh, but unfortunately we have people that seem to be soulless, John. And and this is very subjective when I say this, but I look at some people. I look at them in, in person, and I look at them on uh, videotape. I look at them speak on TV, and I'll, I'll use Yesenda, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She may be the most evil leader on the face of the earth. I think she's worse than Xi Jinping. And, and hmm. I base that on this lack of empathy when she speaks she doesn't care about anything anybody she can be asked questions but she's like an automatic pilot she's robotic in her evil and this person it's like she's under the spell of the devil and her eyes are distant and far away gaze there's no human connection and like I said this is a lot of this is subjective but I'm seeing this increasingly in a lot of our leaders it's it's like they're in a satanic trance of some sort yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, you
1: know, that's a pretty good way to put it.
0: And, and it, it's,
1: it, isn't it interesting when you look at sometimes a, a, a still picture, not, not a, not a video, but a still of, uh, of many of our leaders, you get that sort of crazed, wild-eyed, wide open look on their face. And it's just, it's almost like you can feel the presence of the demonic peering out through their face, you know, as they, as they conduct, you know, they do what they do in agreement with the most wicked doctrines, you know, imaginable. And, you know, I don't know about you, Dave, but there's some different verses that sort of haunt me in Scripture.
0: Let's go over a couple. Well, I'll
1: tell you one in particular that, that just came to mind for me is is where Paul, it's one of Paul's lists of, of talking about the wickedness and the the, the 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 explosion of the wickedness. And Paul mentions about one of the practices of the wicked in the last days is, is that they will invent new ways to do evil.
0: We're seeing that for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and think about this, Dave. As a young man, would that have made a lot of sense to you? No,
0: I, no it, it wouldn't have made sense to me five, ten years ago.
1: No, and today I, I see it every week, every month. There's, there's some new spin to how to corrupt civilization, how to, you know, like the, the, um, the mutilation of gender confused adolescents and younger is, it, it, it's unspeakable to me. Like I, I don't have words to properly couch just how despicable it is. And yet. You know, Vanderbilt Medical Center in Nashville is, you know, is is all over it, and they're they're loving it. Of course, they're not loving the publicity now they're getting, and that video that came out of one of their top doctors. But they they prior to that, they were they were loving doing that, and it's it's absolutely despicable and reprehensible. And it's it's a new way to do evil.
0: Yeah, I would agree. But I would also say this. I'd remind the good people of Vanderbilt that the Lord is manufacturing millstones for your necks.
1: Amen. Right. And uh, better that they had that happen to them than they set up a stumbling block before one of these little ones, which is what they're doing, and they're making money while doing it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's beyond reprehensible. It, it truly is the most reprobate thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. When you, I'll give you, I'll show you how far this has gone. Uh, the the woman who stole was a participant in the theft of the election for governor and secretary of state. And um, uh, what was the other office? Oh, attorney general in Arizona. Uh, the stolen election in Maricopa County where they lost 295,000 votes. Uh, right. Governor, uh, governor, <coughs> I, I call her, her name's Katie Hobbs. I call her Katie Hobbit because that describes her well. Do you know what her husband does for a living? No it's legal, but because it's legal it doesn't mean it's not satanic and evil uh He works at Phoenix Children's Hospital, and you kind of fill in the gap here, okay He likes to remove genitals from young children oh. that that's yeah. the governor's husband and and she's is morally from my standards. Uh, Christian worldview, she's as morally reprobate as he is in, in other ways. And this, I mean, this is who's running our government right now. And uh well, but you know,
1: you know Dave, we got to take that as in discernment and say and understand, OK, that is who she is cleaved with. Right. She is married with this man. They are they have become one in marriage and his reprehensibility is. Is representative of hers, right? They're, they're bedfellows, and um, and so we, you know, part of what I struggle with, and I'm sure a lot of the folks listening struggle with, is we've got to somehow we've got to in our lives we've got to move beyond just the the immobility from being shocked at what's going on around us, and and push through that and and take action for the good. Um, and so for example, you know, I actually spent a couple of years when I first got red bill, I was just, I spent a year and a half of just, I was just so astounded and shocked by the depth of the evil and the depravity. It was like staring into, you know, a jet black abyss and I could feel it staring back at me. Um, but and I, I mean this literally, thank God that, um, I then reached a season where I said, okay, you know what do I do about it, and as you know or might recall, you know, I had a season of um, very proactively combating abortion in my hometown, and then I had a season running with uh dar in counter human trafficking, satanic ritual abuse, and then God really laid it on my heart to write Nehemiah strong so Um, And hopefully that could be an encouragement for folks listening is you've got to don't get caught like I did. Well, I I think it was a productive season in terms of understanding the depth of the evil because it outlined the good. And and it helped me understand that, you know, Jesus was real. He paid it all. He's the king of kings. He's coming back. And I wanted to be on Team Jesus in the worst way once it once it all fell into place for me.
0: withdave.com. that's waterwithdave.com save 80 dollars for a short time but um
1: we're in a season where there's a huge premium on taking action and dave is you know because i follow your work and and you've been speaking very boldly very recently about the lateness of the hour and how how critical it is that not only that we take action now, that but that we're ready for when uh, – what's the right way to put this? For when things get uh, to our doorstep, let's say, um, that we are, re- I think, ready not only physically, but also sort of ready emotionally and in terms of our discernment for when this thing goes full wild weasel, as I call it in, in the book Nehemiah Strong. Um, that we're fully prepared in our spirit and mentally, intellectually, to um, to be a force for good as this thing continues to go. Because and I'd love to hear you weigh on weigh in on this, Dave. I don't see I don't see any breaking going on in this downward slide. I, I think we're going to just keep going down until things get until things reach a level that
0: that we wouldn't recognize yeah i agree with you entirely in fact uh, we're being attacked on multiple fronts at multiple times and no matter how much exposure we bring to this we still have meetings at davos in the world economic forum i know my one of my senators in arizona kirsten cinema left yesterday for the meeting joe manchin left the day before Uh, This is how far down they reach. They reach down to the local level. My governor, Kemp in Georgia, is going to the meeting, too. Yeah, I've identified him as a Chinese sympathizer years ago. Uh, Amen. um, He is. Yeah, so that doesn't surprise me at all. He and Doug Ducey, our former governor of Arizona, were on the same page with that. But these people are just, um, they get elected? Are they still elections? to serve a higher purpose for them. And it's not serving the people of the United States. It's not following the Constitution. We are under world governance right now, and they're at the World Economic Forum taking their marching orders. And I took a look at the membership that's there, and I looked at the companies they were associated with. I I was concerned less about the leaders, but I looked at the corporate uh, cooperatives that were there. And it's all AI, food processing, and money transformation so that tells me they're going, to, they're going to collapse the economy they're going to create famine so they can bend people to their will the, where the state will give out the food and, and that AI will set up things like these 15 minute cities that are going on right now in the UK and places like Oxford where you can't travel more than 15 minutes from your home and you're digitally monitored by AI this is what I believe the next wave is going to bring wow, uh, well and in- I'll tell you something that really
1: uh enhanced my understanding i'll I'll put it uh as I was <laughs> trying to put together all these new pieces in the world in my understanding as i as I became red pilled and i I sort of had my own season of growth and and uh development of my d- discernment. I came to recognize all of the things, all of these luxuries and comforts that we get to enjoy um, as different attack factors. And so I I sort of took a a militaristic viewpoint or perspective on these different things in my life. And so to to your point, for example, um, electricity. You know, if, if the electricity grid goes down, what does life look like? How does it impact our lives? How does, how can these different things in my life, uh, be used to try and herd me like cattle and maybe more even, even more importantly, my family? Uh, and back to your point, food, I mean, you, <laughs> if somebody's listening to you and they don't have a, a small mountain of, uh, you know, Edible resources provisioned away, then they're, they're probably not doing it right because food is obviously the, the vector of control is sort of relative to how imminently you're, you need it, you know, and, and since we all kind of like to eat every day, you know, you're, and if we are nine meals away from, you know, de evolution of, of civilization, um, food is crucially important. Um, But, Dave, I would add to that then you've got to continue your thought process down that line and consider that, you know, you you may have some very unfriendly, hungry neighbors in a few days that you're going to need to defend yourself and your home against. So you've got to consider…
0: You know, your uh your self defense tools. Yeah, exactly. Here's my Jeremiah Strong list for Dave Hodges short version, very short version. Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine and tools and some kind of ancillary lighting service that's preferably solar powered so uh, I look at I look at this and I say yeah it, it's coming and you better be in the collective for protection with like-minded yeah. people and in fact you know since we're on the topics of your book because we're, we're hitting them right now square in the center uh, d- just to get us started and we'll do this again at the end of the show tell people how they can get your book
1: oh sure thanks <laughs> I did write a book um, yeah the book is called Nehemiah Strong. And, um, the website where you can learn a ton about it is called johndislin.com. That's my name and that's spelled D Y S L I N D Y S L I N. So johndislin.com. And also too, for being uh, faithful listeners to Dave, the discount code DAVE one will save you, uh, 10%. So, um, would love for you to go check it out.
0: Okay. That sounds really good. That's, uh, th- this is such a, You hit well. First of all, how many pages is your book? I I want to make a point with that. Four hundred and eighty. That's all. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, (laughs)
1: That's eight and a half by eleven too. It's not six by. Yeah,
0: you know, and honestly, what you have done, I have broadcasted, and not so much. I don't have every biblical verse in there that you have, but I have broadcasted. I think just about every topic that you bring up. But if people were to listen to my broadcast to recoup what I have said, um, they would probably spend somewhere around a year trying to catch up on everything I've done. And we say 480 pages, that sounds like a lot, but it's really a condensation of what we know to be true across the board. I mean, I think your book easily could have been 14,000, 15,000, 20,000 pages long.
1: (laughs) I don't don't think a lot of people would have read that, though, or paid $500 for it.
0: No, I I agree with you, but I'm just saying it's voluminous. Uh, Tell the people why you chose the name Jeremiah Strong. Well, and just just for clarification, it's a Nehemiah. I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say Jeremiah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no problem. So, so, okay, Nehemiah. So, okay, forgive me, that's called Alzheimer's. You ever walk into a room and wonder why you're there? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> all the go ahead and answer the question, all please.
1: The time. Um, sure. So Nehemiah was a hero of the Old Testament, and it's there's a book the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And uh, I would encourage people to read it because it's very applicable to these this season. But uh, Nehemiah was basically commissioned by God. He was given a calling, a mantle and a calling, to return back to Jerusalem and rebuild the city, rebuild the wall, and rebuild the temple. And there was a, a, a verse in Nehemiah that really just struck me um, that said that that with one hand they built the wall and with the other hand they had their hand on their sword and and I, I just really felt that that picture was the picture for righteous god-fearing you know America loving traditional values loving people um to to make it through what's coming, the storm that's coming, and frankly, that we're already in, it's just continuing to build. We've got to be like Nehemiah and like the Jews of, you know, 5th century, 4th century BC um, with that mindset. And I, I would add one other verse from from Nehemiah that I think uh, resonates not only with the book, but also the theme that you've been drum beating on lately, Dave, is, um, where Nehemiah said to the people, he said, fight for your homes, fight for your, your sons and daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your, um, your nation, your people. And, um, and we, we, in a legal, lawful, peaceful manner for now, we, we must be, Peace loving we must uh resist uh nonviolently, but the the time for sitting on the sideline is has already passed this is this is a time to be on the field and to be salt and light and to to openly plainly bluntly resist
0: the wickedness that's coming in like a flood hmm. well. i I think that's a good way to put it i have uh, talked about that i want to get your opinion on something i'll go back to a discussion i had with my friend at our uh, meeting yesterday and um he said i think we've started the tribulation because i've done the research and he's a bright guy and he did do the research and he he was well spoken and his doctrine was not much different than a lot of people i've talked to like doug diamond and he said we're going to slide down the path i said not necessarily my view is that even though biblical scripture is being fulfilled we don't have to descend into the seven-year pits of hell here on earth if we were to get on bended knee and repent god could create miracles and that was my answer to him when he said well they control everything and so we have no way to turn this around i said "Except." through the power of God, who can do anything. Do you think this tribulation that we're either in or fast approaching, can we put this off to a later generation if we were to have a spiritual revival? Well, let me, (laughs) you know, hopefully you'll forgive
1: forgive me for this uh, later, but if I could ask a provocative question, um, are you sure you want to?
0: Let me give you the selfish answer yes yeah. for the next generation so they get to live their life but i know what the answer is already they'll get a better <laughs> life where they're going i get that uh yeah. but yeah first of all i think we have a duty to move towards spiritual revival even if we yes. don't, even if we fall short and we all fall short of the glory of god but even if we fall short uh the lord will reward our faithfulness And I think we're supposed to act as if we're going to win. You know, I don't think I ever took uh, the court in basketball or the field in football and ever thought I was going to lose. And and as a coach, I I was the same way. In fact, a lot of times I'd be shocked even if we'd lose against an overwhelming opponent. And I think that part of me carries over into my spiritual life because I expect to win. Because we're going to raise enough of a following to lead people back to Jesus that we're going to stand up and he will smite our enemies. That's, that's, yep. the, that's the premise I operate on. But I also, I'm a realist. I also know that it may not be in his plan. We may not be successful. And, and tribulation will be carried out in its form. But I think we're called to fight. I think we have to fight against what's going on.
1: Oh, now, don't take me wrong. When, when I asked the provocative question, I wasn't suggesting we not fight. <laughs> I, I, I think it, I would echo just what you just said, which is we're called to fight, you know. And there are multiple places in the King James with, uh, where Paul is writing, and he describes believers as fellow soldiers. And, and, and he uses military, obviously, for example, in Ephesians six, he uses, uh, military imagery to talk about the armor of God. So, and, and God is a, is a God of war, as it says in Psalms. And so there's, there's all this symbolism and, uh, discussion of how we are in a battle. We, we absolutely are in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. We absolutely fight. You know, what I get caught in between is, well, look, it, either, because <laughs> my personal opinion is, I, I think we are on the ragged edge of the tribulation, and when you look at the four horsemen, the characteristics, and we that would be an interesting discussion either now or, or our next chat, but the, the characteristics of the four horsemen and, and the four seals of Revelation are astoundingly similar to the season we're living in, mm-hmm. uh, which is why i I can understand why your friend already thinks we're already in it um, but that doesn't mean that we stop soldiering on. And in fact, one of the things that that I find so compelling about Revelation, and I would so encourage your listeners to read it, I mean, do not shy away from Revelation. Uh, It's the only book in the Bible where it begins and ends with a promise of blessing for those who read it and and keep its words. But um, one of the most encouraging things about Revelation and the Tribulation for me, Dave, is... It's one of the greatest periods of revival and soul saving. Probably, it's probably the most, the biggest, most astounding period of soul saving in all of human history because you're going to have, you know, 144,000, um, uh God's hundred and forty four thousand all over the earth mm-hmm. uh ministering. You're gonna have the two witnesses that are gonna drive the uh the beast system and the, the, the globalist absolute nuts.
0: ladies and gentlemen right now go to mypillow.com backslash hodges use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities mypillow.com backslash hodges coupon code Hodges
1: and there's you know an angel that goes throughout the world proclaiming the gospel all going on during the tribulation so it's 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 a period of absolute turmoil and judgment of the earth dwellers the the, the wicked, but it's also a uh it's a it's a season of astounding soul-saving and ultimately we know how the story ends revelation 1919 19, and Jesus on a white horse so you know it's it's uh between here and there it, it might get kind of hairy but um you know Jesus did say um, in the in the in the world, you will have trials, but be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. And I like really leaning into that,
0: uh, leaning into that verse. Yeah, well, absolutely, I I could not agree with you more. But like I said, I'm handicapped. I'm not arrogant. I'm just handicapped by belief in what I do and that my good efforts will sustain me and those around me, but I'm also a realist when I sit back and say it may not be God's will. And I totally get that. But I don't want to stand before Him and I don't want to have to say well, I really thought you had this under control, Lord, so I just kind of gave up the fight, okay? (laughs) In in, in athletics, we call those participants underachievers. And and I don't want to be an underachiever. I already am an underachiever in the eyes of God, but I don't want to be even more so through my own willful contribution.
1: Yeah, no, and and listen, let me reiterate. um, Regardless of whether we're in it yet, whether we can delay it or not, Um, whether we can have, uh, you know, victory over the wicked in this season or, or whether, you know, there's, there's a greater plan that God has to fulfill that eclipses our limited sight picture or limited view. Um, we are to fight, period. We are to fight. And, and, you know, as I remind myself from time to time when I get, let's, let's say I get, I feel disappointed about this or that. Um, we're responsible for the effort. God's responsible for the results. And, and of course, I mean, we're, we're crafted in his image, so we play to win all the time. We, Like you said about, about taking the field and expecting to win, we take the field expecting to win every day, all the time, and then we trust in God that um, God's will be done. But, but we fight like the Dickens, um, to honor our God because we want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest, right? We want to hear well done. And, and it's, it's, this is the season more so than any season in human history to. To be busy about your father's business, whatever that might be for you individually. Um, because time is, I mean, and back to your friend and his, his perspective on the tribulation. If we're not in it, in my personal view, it, we are, we are on the ragged edge of it. We are, we are the last grains of human history of the age of grace are trickling through the hourglass because we're right there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally recognize that's what what we are, but but what I'm afraid to convey to people is this is that yeah it looks bad we're going into the tribulation this is what it means we all know about three and a half years of peace and then oh boy if you're a Christian you better hide underground and hope you can avoid the mark of the beast by all means possible and this is literally hell on earth uh, I get that and I totally get that but the, the, the thing is, is a lot of people John what I find is when they hear that latter part that I just said they're so scared they're so frightened by the prospects of this, and they don't know if they have the courage to to maintain and they don't realize their true courage comes from the Lord manifested in prayer. what they what they do is they'll withdraw and this explains a lot of the cognitive dissonance we're seeing today, the bystander apathy somebody else will do it and and people are afraid to I mean a lot, I think a lot more people are awake than we realize, and they're afraid to take the mantle because they don't know if they if it, they have what it takes, which tells me their walk in Christ has a long way to go.
1: Well, and, and just to, to, to perfectly draft behind what you just said, Dave, hopefully, um, if they are, and look, I, I was making this mistake right before I got serious with God and, you know, and, and had had failed to recognize that he had always been serious with me and and I took him lightly for far too long in my life um but if you think that you can't do whatever it is you ought to be doing um, under your own strength as this you know the enemy comes in like a flood like it says in isaiah fifty nine Um, you're right. (laughs) You can't, but it's not you. You know, if, if, if you don't feel that stir in your spirit and that strength, um, from being infused with the Holy Spirit, you need to get more of the Holy Spirit and you need to press in closer in your faith. To your loving father and to the king of kings who already paid the price for you, who is just ready and waiting to embolden you and strengthen you. You know, I'm reminded there's a, a, a verse that says, when I am afraid, I trust in thee. And if we can move past the fear, which I'm convinced is, if, if it's not the ultimate tool of the enemy, it's one of the very short lists most important tools of the enemy is fear if we can lay down the fear which is really in a sense putting faith in the enemy and his lies if we can lay down the fear and take our faith off of the lies and put our faith onto the one who who promises to never leave us or forsake us and press into that um, I, I think it's astounding what people listening to us talking right now could accomplish if they, if they pulled out of the fear, if they recognized it as a total lie, it's a total con. It is the ultimate con. Lay down those, the, the fearfulness, lay down the, the, the belief in the lies and put the trust in Christ and stepped out in faith. I think they would be astounded at the results and i think they would be emboldened to take off running because frankly that's what happened in my life i went from being i mean (laughs) i in staring at the abyss for a year and a half i almost lost my mind i mean it was it it was not a fun season and then i finally got right with god and laid it at the cross and i said okay here i am lord send me like isaiah in chapter six And um and it was one step at a time. You know, it was it was fighting the abortion mills, and then it was satanic ritual abuse, and then it was writing this book and you know, I wrote as you know, Dave, I wrote the most provocative book I could (laughs) I could muster. Uh and so I I put it out there because I really wanted to exhort people that this is the season. You know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, when it's all said and done, in my opinion. It's not going to matter because we're going to be walking streets of gold. It's all going to be determined. There's, you know, there's, we're not going to be in this season of reliance on Him and and pressing forward in our faith. But we're in that season now, and I just, I, I plead with the folks listening to us that if you're hung up between, thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for me, and, you know, Lord, what can I do for you? Stop being hung up. Or or better yet, figure out what it is that's hanging you up, that's preventing you from stepping out in faith, and put your boot on the neck of that demon principle and spirit so that you can leave it behind you and and step out in faith.
0: You know, I feel compelled to say this now, and this just came to me in the moment. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but, but the more... I do this work in the geopolitical realm, the harder it drives me into the spiritual realm. And, yep. and but here's, here's what's happening. And I think I've been deceived and, and, uh, I, I'm beginning to call it out for what it is. I've already asked for forgiveness of my sins and I continue to do so on an ongoing basis. But what's interesting is the more I go, grow closer to God and, and try to do this work and help people reach the place where they can survive both in the temporary and the permanent I keep getting flashbacks of the sins I've done in the past and then I usually say to the Lord Lord I'm sorry but I've asked for forgiveness in this I'll ask again, there's a reason why it's in my mind but you know what I've come to realize in this it's not the Lord putting that there it's (laughs) Satan trying to distract me you're not good enough you're too evil, you belong to me that's what I think is happening here Bingo.
1: You know, I, um, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. First of all, a lot of people don't realize this, but the word Satan is actually not a name. It's a, it's a title or maybe even better put, it's, it's an occupation. And so, for example, if you go to a courthouse in Israel tomorrow morning and, uh, you walk in, you might hear the phrase Has Satan, which is, the prosecuting attorney. That's what a prosecuting attorney is called in Israel today. And so Satan is the one who stands before God. He's the accuser of the saints or the accuser of the brethren. And he accuses the saints all day long. That's that's what he does. And so that spirit, I think, I'm absolutely convinced, Dave, that spirit of... um you know, uh, uh, dredged up past sins is, is demonic attack on you, trying to take you off the field and trying to separate you from walking shoulder rubbing against shoulder with God, marching forward, being faithful in his calling on you. I'm absolutely convinced because scripture says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far I will remove your transgressions, your sins from my, from my memory. And so it's, it's not scriptural for you to continue to beat yourself up with your past sins. If you are legitimately repentant, if you've, if you've ask for forgiveness, and you're striving to not walk in them.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And and I'll tell you, there's a parallel back to athletics for me, too, because I've seen a number of athletes poison their competitive spirit with self-doubt and recrimination from past performance. And one of the jobs of a good coach is to help athletes overcome that. Well, I think, too, there's a metaphor here for us spiritually. Because, you know, God calls sometimes the most unlikely to serve him, and I certainly think I fit into that category. But when he calls people... He, he doesn't really care about what your past is. He cares what you can do for him and the and the followers in the future, and and people need to be open to the invitation and put all self doubt behind them. I really do believe that your book captures that is that spirit quite often. It's like here's what you got to do. There's no question. Am I good enough? Big enough? Strong enough? Fast enough? It's just here's what you got to do.
1: Well and here's what's beautiful about that, Dave, who cares how big or strong or handsome or smart you are? It's not about you. It's about you being faithful and allowing God to work through you. And so and and so back to your point about the past knit haunting people, um I actually I have a new friend up in Virginia, and she asked for a signed copy of the book that she wanted to give to a a dear friend of her and her husband's uh, named Matt. And Matt is, is or was, I think, was a spec ops um, operator and also an instructor who, even though he had tattooed on his arm, um, greater love hath no man than that he lay down his life for his friends which is something jesus said in the gospels um he believed that he was beyond salvation because of the things that he had done and um and when she told me that that the profile of this this friend that wanted the book it just went all over me and and i asked her if it would be okay if i wrote him a letter and so i (laughs) i actually spent about Two and a half days, and I wrote him a 10-page letter. And the whole premise of the letter, Dave, was what you just said. God does not care. You, you can't – your sins cannot outwork the power of the blood of Jesus. And and once you have stepped into a relationship of repentance and, and making Jesus not only your, your Savior, which is the fun part, but your Lord – which is the harder part? Um, it, you're, the, the beauty of it is, he will use your broken past for his glory and for your good, and, and your your fallenness will become strengths that he will use. Um, just like Paul, think about. And one of my arguments to to Matt was, think about all the murderers that were that were whose names are lifted up in in scripture as being you know faithful servants of the lord there's moses there's david there's paul they were all murderers so just for starters that's just one piece of the argument but but dave we've got to not we've got to set our face like flint against the enemy and part of that is to not do the enemy's work for them by continuing to live in a spirit of self-condemnation don't do the work for the enemy, accept God's forgiveness and then exercise your faith by saying, here I am, Lord, send me. What What would you have me do? And, and God will answer that. And then then you'll live like you've never lived before. Because, Dave, you know, I'd love for you to comment on this. How rewarding has it been to you to play this role of, you know, being an unapologetic believer waking people up and informing um, the believers the patriots in the world about the lateness of the hour how rewarding has that
0: been for you i i could speak for an entire show on this Mm. um it's it's given me the confidence to not let people push me off my center of gravity no matter how they come at me it's giving me the ability to be patient and ignore the stones that are thrown at me and uh and people often ask me how do you get away with what you're doing why aren't they coming for you simple answer god still has usefulness in mind for me and i will have that until i no longer have it and then i'll go join him that that see that's the peace that you get because there's nothing the other side can do to me that i care about
1: well, and I would add to that, Dave, there's nothing the enemy can do to you that God won't allow. I mean, and, and we've got to spend more time in Scripture, man, because if you just read the first chapter of the book of Job, hmm. Satan is itching to get all over Job, and he can't touch him. He explicitly says, I can't touch him because you have a hedge of protection around Job and and because god knew that it would it would glorify him and it would it would be instructive to saints for millennia he allowed satan to afflict job and it's it's an it's an astounding book and job's faithfulness to god is just is just so inspirational but it, it part of, here's part of the way i look at it dave the more useful i am in this hour the bolder i am The more God will be encouraged to have my back and protect me. And if, if there are, if there are missions that God intends me to do while I still have breath, all of Satan and all his minions and all his demons and all the fallen angels combined, there's nothing they can do to stop me until I'm done. And I believe that with my whole heart. So if somebody's in fear, you ought to step out in faith. And 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 exhort God to to protect you while you're being faithful for Him. And I'm I'm utterly convinced that that God takes special pleasure in protecting those supernaturally who step out in faith for Him. <laughs>
0: Boy, that is so interesting. You'd say that you just gave me a thought. I might ask my audience to write to the representatives who are let's say, not doing their duty in serving the people and serving some other lower purpose, if you will. And you know the phrase that came to mind when you were speaking is tell Mm -hmm. these people, this isn't going to end well for you. If this country is taken over by China, they'll execute all the traitors because they can't trust you. Um, just the way Benedict Arnold was treated, they didn't execute him, but the British ignored him. Uh, and no one has time for a traitor. The second thing I would think is these people need to know is they're they're sacrificing their children and their future of the children on the altar of greed and evil. And and uh, this is what I think we ought to be maybe saying to our representatives, because the logic is not really working. The logic that you're not following the Constitution, you're not doing the will of the people, you're violating every precept of our tradition. Well, that's not working. Maybe we have to make it more personal and more spiritual.
1: I like that. And, you know, I would add to it that, um, you know, <laughs> there, there are different. I don't know about you, but there are different. Uh, phrases, particularly in Latin, that just kind of stick with me uh, because I, I, they're just so powerful. Okay, give me one. Cave, cave, Deus videt. Beware, beware, God sees all. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: boy. Is that so, 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 to your point, I'd, I'd like it if they'd write him a letter and say, you know, when the Chinese get here. You'll be the first on the chopping block because nobody likes a traitor. Nobody can, everybody knows that they can't trust a traitor. But then when they're done with you, God will get his hands on you. And, and whoa, what, what was the, uh, the sermon by Jonathan Edwards? It was, uh, the, the, um, the, the fear of, uh, of a, um, sinful man falling into the hands of an angry God, something like that. I mean, when the Chinese get done with you, that, that's going to be, soft compared what the judgment that you have coming uh, when you meet Jesus face to face, who you've spent your entire life mocking.
0: by the yeah. way. I have people say to me, Dave, with your background, blah, 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 blah. You know, I did martial arts and stuff and, and I believe I'm not living in the past, but some people know that about me and they say, how can you be such a pacifist? And, and I tell people this, I could never inflict enough pain on people to make them feel the way that they're going to feel naturally, and this is why, when God gets a hold of them, what's that saying? "Revenge is mine," saith the Lord.
1: All yeah. I got to do. All and he I do says, is, "He says, vengeance is mine. I will repay." Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. He will repay. Exactly, and see, and that's another thing too. Once. Christians embrace that idea. They don't spend their time in revenge. They're not flipping off drivers on the highway. They're not seeking to get back at people that have wronged them. They just realize that their day's coming. I just need to move forward and do my work.
1: Yeah, and and, and you know something else that has haunted me, because I went through a season of great bitterness and and a spirit of um, desire for retribution, shall we say. Um, but something that really checked me in my spirit about that was when I was reminded at one point where we were all enemies, you know, while we were God's enemies, Christ died for us. And so, so we've all, we're all fallen, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too sinful to be a judge. And so what I need to do is to. Stand for good and certainly not not allow the 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 evil coming in like a flood to overwash my home, for example, or my family, but to understand in in a lot of cases these people don't even realize like i you know I'm utterly convinced that some of these top government leaders they don't they're so depraved and they're so far down the the abyss that they don't even realize how evil they are. I think they, I mean this literally, I believe that they believe that they are not evil.
0: You know, speaking as a former therapist, I would say you're exactly right. They lack, uh, to use the clinical terms, insight, self-insight and empathy towards others. They're they're yeah. totally depraved in that regard. And you know what's really sad is if you lack insight, you can't improve yourself to make yourself a more desirable person to be around. And if you don't have empathy, you can't help make people feel better around you. And we like to be around people who make us feel good. And, and so their personality by its own nature and what they're doing uh, serves such an evil purpose. And, and I think that's a good note to end on because if we don't end on this... We're not going to get to do what we need to do. People are going to want to get this book, okay? Yeah. Jeremiah's cousin Nehemiah wrote a great book. <laughs> okay, I've recovered from the Alzheimer's here, not to make fun of it, but, but uh, we got about a minute left, and I want you to tell people how they can get a copy of the book again
1: sure and and folks listen th- this is a field manual for equipping you to stand and occupy and overcome as the enemy comes in like a flood that is what this book is if if that's interesting to you if you want to be equipped um, go to johndislin com and spelled D Y S L I N and use the discount code Dave one since you're a faithful listener to my good buddy Dave and uh, you can save ten percent. But would love for you to to go check it out and, and see what people are saying about it because I frankly I've been astounded at at how much people have liked it. So uh, please uh, please check it out.
0: I got to just close with this. You asked me a very profound question. I have to formulate an answer to and we talked about pushing back the tribulation by encouraging a repentance a revival and you said but do we really want to i got to contemplate that john that was an awesome question thank you for joining us this has uh, been one of the quickest hours we've ever had here and ladies and gentlemen get the book it's awesome thanks john dave you still there uh yeah we just dropped off for a second let me just say this very quickly uh we we cut out here and i apologize for that i don't know if i came through or not so if i repeat myself forgive me get john's book it's a how-to manual to deal with many many multitudes of challenges that are coming our way it's a practical application that's vested in the word and you can't do much better than that john thanks so much for joining us oh my pleasure godspeed thank you